Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. All right, we're still coming to you live from Cape Town. We are at uh, Africa for Africa Women Conference. And the uh, discussion point today is gender equality, a matter of human rights. That's the theme this afternoon. And uh, we're coming to you live, as I said, from Cape Town. And all sorts of discussions are happening. My um, guest this afternoon is Dr. Shungu Gwarenda, who is an interim CEO and director of programs at the Grasa Michelle Trust. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. Thank afternoon, and thank you for inviting us. Your involvement here, why was it important? important to be part of the summit? So first of all, um, at the Grasha Michelle Trust, we really believe in multiplying uh, the voices and amplifying the faces of African women mm. in all aspects or spheres of life. And so what Africa for Africa, uh, women has pulled together as a you know, forum that is engaging and talking about transformational leadership and ways in which you know, the momentum from 25 years ago in Beijing, we are now moving to Beijing plus 25 um, in 2020. How how can we really harness uh, the gains that have been made in terms of advancing women in all spheres, mm. be it economic, uh, political, social life, but also deeply revisit the realities of where we still have significant gaps, yeah. where we still have significant challenges and barriers, really, that, um, you know, are challenges for women to advance. And so for us, because that's what we stand for, that's what we champion as a Pan-African institution yeah. um, in Africa, and building networks is at our core, networks with other institutions, mm. networks of uh, women in various sectors, mm. you know, and harnessing our collective power, our collective intellect and resources to really break some of those structural barriers mm. um, that we continue to face is um, what really excited us about coming here yes. to lend our solidarity, yeah. but also learn from other institutions and women leaders in terms of the work they are doing in various countries in the continent. There is a lot of talk here about the problems being structural, mm -hmm. right? That, that these unfortunately are man-made. These are created right. problems. When you listen to, to the speakers come through, and, and I, th I suppose for me what's staggering is the, the data. It, it's alarming. Mm -hmm. You know it. But when you see the numbers speak to you directly, it's quite it's jarring. How are we going to get it right? How are we going to move what we have heard here and take it to the rural child sitting in the middle of Zambia, for argument's sake? How are we going to bring that child who has no choice but to go and work, maybe, and I'd go as far as saying being a slave for somebody because the wage is so little, has to drop out of school. How are we going to uplift that child and bring them up to where we want them to be? So first of all, we need to look at what we do have. So we do have, though again, our numbers in terms of proportional representation are still um, aspects that we would want to increase. We do have women who are in certain um, places where yes. they make decisions in, in parliaments, women in politics. So first of all, it's really looking at maximizing on those spaces. What are those policies? What are those investment choices that are being made, uh, you know, in governments, in parliaments that influence, firstly, the quality and type of education that that little girl in a rural area mm. is, is getting. When um, the gentleman from Statistics South Africa was really sharing about some of the determinants in relation 
attention to addressing poverty, especially for those who are at the bottom of the, really at the bottom That's of it. the pyramid, those yes. young, you know, young girls in those rural places. There, there are two, there's one key aspect he flagged, and that education and educational attainment. So not just going into a classroom and attending class, but successfully completing education through secondary school and going into the post-secondary school level, successfully completing that is a critical success factor in accessing employment or job opportunities or other opportunities for economic um, you know, uh, gain in South Africa. And so I think the very first key aspect is making enough push where we do have access and where we do have positions of power to ensure that more resources are really, really channeled to where they matter most. And it's where you, know, you have those issues around access and support to keep those young girls um, in school specifically. I think secondly, the, the form what we teach in school is vitally important. So mm. it's knowledge, it's skills, but there are also aspects around building a sense of agency yeah. in those young girls so that when they do have access to these opportunities, it is not the conscious unconscious biases as well that draw them back. I think these are some issues we face even as older, quote unquote, educated um, uh, women. And that's where I find it difficult mm -hmm. because often these conferences uh, pull together like minded people. Mm -hmm. You know, so everybody here is converted. Everybody Everybody here knows what needs to be done. It is the difficult part is getting stakeholders who will speak to the father in rural areas to say it is just as important for the little girl to go to school as her brother. And, and that's a tough one to, to, to crack, isn't it? It is, but I think the beauty of what I've observed at this particular conference was the diversity of participants. Yes. In terms of, you know, perhaps those who work more at a very broad structural institutional level, yes. um, those who really work on the ground in terms of action with communities and interface at that level. And so I think it's really... You, you, the unique aspect is this form of conference that bridges those conversations. Mm -hmm. What is behind the statistics? Mm. And having the voices of those who are really working on the ground, pushing the hard work of how do you shift um, you know, perspectives, how do you shift behaviors, how do you shift actions at the granular level, mm. which is the family unit. So yesterday we were talking about um, diversity, yes. for example, and one of the speakers really shared some insights in terms of while we can talk about diversity and, you know, creating spaces, enabling conducive spaces for women to really advance at institutional organizational level, we need to start at the granular. Mm which is the family unit, mm. because a lot of our perspectives, a lot of our norms are really shaped at the family and, and uh, um, community or, uh, level. And so the other aspect from this conference is that as we wrapped up, yes, you know, it really looked at the theme of deliverables. Mm. So we've talked, we've debated, yes. we've elevated. What next? Yes. What are the concrete deliverable actions? that each participant or institution that is participating in this uh, um, um, a conference is really taking back and what are the specific tangible commitments 
um, as well. I'll share with you an example. I was of going to go what there to say, tell us as, what are the solutions, <laughs> right? What do we so, do now? As the Russian Michelle Trust, yes. you know, I'll, I'll speak from what yes, I know, yes. you know. Um, so we work very much at a structural level, but we work directly through building networks that are movements for change. So continentally, we engage women's networks that advocate for conducive policies, be it in uh, the finance sector for financial inclusion, women in agribusiness, women in the media, even in terms of beginning to change the narrative of the portrayal of African women and children. But also we then work with partners on the ground, lend our solidarity, our brand, our voice, our access, and where we are able to our resources. So example in Tanzania, uh, we have an education project yes. that we formed what we call a Mara Alliance of various community partners, churches, uh, you know, community groupings, and the, the government in Tanzania with the education system there to implement a model where it's an accelerated learning program for children who drop out of school mm. or have never enrolled in school for various reasons. Mm -hmm. And so at the granular level, we have these paraprofessional teachers who provide a maximum of a three-year learning program that's really targeted to look at where these children have dropped out of school, how can they be supported to get back to the level of children of similar age or similar grade, and then are supported and channeled back into the formal schooling mm -hmm. uh, system. Mm -hmm. For those who have never enrolled in school, similarly to identify them through the community structures, mm -hmm. where are they, why are they out of school, bring them back, but try and engage with communities to address this particular issue, because mm -hmm. bringing them back into school is one thing, keeping them there. And this is exactly it. I right. was going to say mm -hmm. others you will identify, you will pull them in mm -hmm. and it's temporary. Right. Because the issues at home, the socioeconomic issues remain. Have not been addressed. Yeah. And yeah. this is a rural yeah. uh, uh, part of, of, of Tanzania. Yeah. So it's really looking at what are our collective strengths. Yeah as institutions, as partners, who are those who are implementing on the ground? And what partnerships do we form so that while we're engaging governments to really change policies, strategies, channel, public, and other resources where it matters most, the action needs to be taking place uh, on the ground. You? Can yes. I challenge you with a very sad story? Mm -hmm. So we all remember Voyani, right? Remember when there was that interim time when they were burning of schools right. because there was there were right. riots. You remember Popo, that, yes. right? You remember that. Mm -hmm. It just so happens that I was in conversation with uh, a domestic worker. In fact, I wasn't. There were two domestic workers having a conversation about having come back from home mm -hmm. from Limpopo, and this was almost ten months later. Mm -hmm. And the conversation amongst them was, "Gosh, do you know how many children are mm -hmm. pregnant this year?" Right. And the, I didn't do it. I was just listening. They were saying, since they, the schools were burned, since those kids stopped going to school during mm -hmm. that strike, they were left with nothing else to do right. and have now gone, they're now at home. They are pregnant and they're not back at school. And it was, for me, a stark reminder of how, how easily you can fall off the system. Right. And, and we are not cognizant of some of the decisions that we make and you know politicians have moved on local elections moved on you know that that storm has now died but now we have a section of of, of our society mm -hmm. that was will forever be changed right. 
by that what was deemed to be a tiny incident in our history. But it was tiny for us, right, in reporting and so on, but it remains for the people in that community. I implore you to go back to Limpopo and have a look. We'll take up that challenge because I think we really believe in the sustainable development goals, but the mantra of leave no one behind. Yeah. And so creating solutions, interventions, engaging in ways that we look at, yes, those who are advancing, how do we support that? But reflect back and say, where there are gaps, those who are left behind, yeah. um, it means we are not advancing as we should. Mm -hmm. And more so the, the issue of um, adolescent girls and, and young women, you know, in, in sub-Saharan Africa, it is more complex with, you know, the increasing mm. HIV infection rates uh, amongst that age group. Uh, and so as a youthful continent, as a youthful country, um, again, the, the gentleman from Statistics South Africa was really showing us, you know, data that shows how youthful South Africa's population is. I think uh, we are about 35% of our population is between the ages of 15 and about 34. Mm. And that while politically and so forth, we celebrate the demographic dividend. Yes. The flip side of it that you know really struck me that he mentioned was that could easily also become the dem the, the the demographic bomb mm. in terms of where um, you know our young people, especially girls, quote unquote, are left behind by the system. Our system is not cognizant of the social and other factors that can really affect their progression in life. Yeah. Um, you know, there are problems that we need to address. So we do take up that challenge. One of the things we're yes. not discussing in our society mm -hmm. is how intertwined some of the social issues are, right? So it's, 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 it's a low-hanging fruit. Dealing with a, a young, rural, black young girl is an easy kind of thing. You know, it makes perfect sense. Yes, they're the obvious. But we, we're not discussing the urban young girl who finds himself in compromising relationships, right? And why I say it's complex is because that man is, 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 a, is a leader, is somebody who understands what you and I are discussing, but is complicit and in fact takes part in undermining that young girl's rights by having a compromising relationship with them. We speak about blesses and so on. It's a complex issue because it is the very same leaders that we speak to sitting in the C-suite who, who are very sophisticated and so on, who are part and parcel mm -hmm. of some of the problems that we're facing in our society and undermining the young, the young women. Absolutely. And, and so I think when we now talk broadly about Patriarchal systems, yeah. Yeah. you know, it transcends not just institutions, but as you're saying, individual behaviors at all levels. It's a societal mm -hmm. um, issue. And I think the, the beginning of September was a sobering period, uh, you know, here in South Africa. Not because we don't know gender-based violence, not because we don't know the issue of um, blessers or, um, you know, transactional mm. relationships mm. and so forth is a problem, 
but it is something that really has been in our face, I think in a very powerful, uh, very necessary way of things that have been happening uh, you know, in, in our day-to-day -day lives. And so I think what is also critical is while we challenge and engage at institutional yeah. level, yeah. we really also begin to engage on those quote-unquote softer issues of what informs our systems. The, yeah. the patriarchal system itself, you know, is pervasive yeah. um, across our day-to-day -day existence. And, and as you uh, uh, rightly pointed out, we see it in terms of the implication on young girls, yeah. um, rural or urban. Or urban yeah. It is indeed a, a major problem. Where a family mm -hmm. would never call out the man that comes with a young woman, where we are all very clear it's a transactional relationship. And society just kind of moves on, you know, she's pretty whatever nobody you know stops to say hey brother what are you doing something is, yeah, wrong, something here. is wrong here and and so i think getting back again to to the family the community structure mm -hmm. really getting back to it's not just about you know economic um advancement it's also about the social aspects yeah. and rebuilding those values and community structures that really support yeah. uh, promote yes. protect yes uh are critical aspects and, and you know our vision is building nurturing societies that value uh, but also protect and promote the rights of women uh, and children because we are very conscious that you know we can put uh, services we can put um, uh, resources, materials, resources yeah. in our but if you know uh, our social values our social fabric and norms are really not tackled and engaged with uh, again, we will continue to see some of these fractures. Be because the, the, the elephant in the room mm -hmm. is that you have patriarchal women mm -hmm. who, as you said, support mm -hmm. and protect that which is right. Yeah. And so the socialization, yeah. you know, we are products of the families and communities which we come through. And so that is why, you know, when you mentioned earlier that... Um, some conferences around, you know, like-minded women and so forth. But we ourselves are also products. We, yes. And we ourselves have conscious but unconscious biases yes. uh, around these systems from which we also are, are, are raised mm -hmm. and uh, I think luckily have been elevated and advanced. So it remains very critical mm -hmm. that we engage and tackle um, these issues as women, mm -hmm. like-minded or, or otherwise, mm -hmm. And also really look at how we, in terms of intergenerational spaces, begin to also demonstrate, I think, and engage with younger women around uh, how do we take ownership. Mrs. Marshall uh, always says, you know, um, it is critical that as collectives of women, we really harness our collective power to, to challenge and shift and be the transformation we want to see yeah. because again it also um is within our uh hands yes. to to really uh, tackle some of these really issues. appreciate your your time uh dr shungu guarinda who is interim ceo and director of programs at the grasa michelle trust uh, we a little bit late it's two o'clock now let's go to utsi lesaku for the very latest